2: Bada-bing, this is Believe in Vikings with B-Mac and Baker. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here for sure with Ron Saw tonight. He's joining us. South Spice is off this week. We're going to have Katie from Florida. She used to join us via Montana, but she's moved down to Florida. She was here a couple weeks ago. Promised her an invite back for this Raiders game. We're going to chat with her. And then Ryan McKinney might swing by tonight. Josh Dobbs was named the Vikings' starting quarterback on Wednesday after a week-long, eh, eight-day-long debate about who it might be between Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, and Dobbs. It's gonna be Dobbs. We're gonna chat about our reaction to uh, to that tonight, and we're gonna talk about Justin Jefferson. He's off the injury report. He is good to go. Our biggest concern or concerns about Raiders, Vikings, and then what the changes we expect to see coming out of the bye week. That's this week's show. We should go for about half hour, thirty five minutes. First, though, BetOnline.ag. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. BetOnline is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering information. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And it's not just the Big Four. BetOnline has information at your fingertips with both Desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played, from MMA to international soccer. Even head to betonline.ag today and remember to use our promo code BLEAV believe BLEAV for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is free money, people! Bet online, where the game starts. The week fourteen edition. Believe in Vikings. The Vikings are fresh off of a bye week and a quarterback decision. I don't even know if they really had a debate or controversy. It felt like they did, but then they kind of squashed that. Today, Kevin O'Connell came out and gave a very O'Connellian speech about optimism and loyalty, and they are sticking with Josh Dobbs. We don't abandon folks here after a bad game, he paraphrased. Uh, but yeah, it is the Dobbs show once again. It'll be his, let's see, fourth start with the Vikings. Technically, he's played uh, most of four games. Katie, when you heard the Dobbs news today, did you smile or reeling you like, eh, here we go
3: here we go. I mean, it wasn't I'm not super pumped about any of our options really, <laughs> but I was glad to hear that they spent the bye week combing over the Bears game play by play because frankly they deserved it if we all had to watch it. So I'm glad that they sat through it over and over again. But I have faith that you can turn it around, hopefully.
2: Oh, I'm right there with you. I, I was thinking these whole eight or nine days that there's not a single decision from the quarterbacks on the roster that I was going to like, you know throw a remote at the TV or anything, I was all like, oh, cool. I could get behind any any player because they're all so unique. You have a pocket passer, a little gunslinger in Mullins. You've got the the fast mobile guy in Dobbs. And then you've got, you know, the hybrid of them both and the youth of Jaron Hall. So whatever they decided, I was going to be like, all right, yep, that'll work. Uh, But with Dobbs, I do like the fact that he's getting another hurrah, presumably with a short leash if he looked buffoonish. There would be no uh there's no problem with benching Dobbs, whereas you know, if it was a quarterback one like cousins or pretty much any established quarterback, you might damage them, their psyche, but it is Dobbs indeed. Bryant, they are sticking with the guy who who you know started off his Vikings career with a bang. Were you surprised? <laughs> Do you like it that they're sticking with Dobbs for week 14 against the Raiders?
1: Um, I'm not surprised. I feel like they didn't want to just, you know, like and I was giving him praise like the first two three weeks, and then all of a sudden, just drop him from a bad game but like give him a chance to redeem himself and see how he recovers.
2: Ron, I I talked myself into Mullins. I can't believe if, I can't remember if I said that on the show. I thought it was going to be Mullins because of the turnover happiness that Dobbs has shown, and the fact that they want to target Jefferson. That's their M O. this week. Were you surprised by Dobbs? And do you like it?
0: I wasn't surprised by it. Um, you know, I think he's earned the right to at least have another shot, especially with Jefferson in the mix. Um, and you know, I, I'm on board with it. Um, I hope that they're taking it as an approach that, uh, like if he looks out of place and he's turning the ball over and ball security is a problem that then maybe you do go to Nick Mullins and, you know, hopefully the game's not out of hand or anything like that. But, um, I mean, if you start Nick Mullins and things are looking bad, you are leaving yourself zero faith in the guy that er, in, in Dobbs to come in. So I think this is the right course of action. We'll see how it plays out. And as long as we're in the mix, um, I think Dobbs should be the guy. And, uh, if, you know, if not, then Mullins, but, um, only if we're eliminated from contention, then do I want to see hall. But, uh, but I think either way, um, they both have the talent to to keep us afloat.
2: I think at hopefully we don't even have to talk about it, but at six and eight or six and nine is probably where they'd entertain seeing the proverbial what Jaron Hall has. I just don't think they're, I know they're not there yet uh, because even though fans overwhelmingly, Evidently wanted to see Jaron Hall, which is understandable. Coaches don't think about, well, you might as well throw the rookie out there to see how, see how it goes. If we're not going to win anyway, that's not how head coaches think. And if they thought that way, they should be fired. If you were just going to say, like, yeah, well, well, we'll just go ahead. and tanker the rest of the way that's not how a head coach especially in a second year does business so uh, it's worth noting that nick nick sounds like nick mullins is the qb2 based on kevin o'connell's words that if there was a dobbs disaster class in the first half it would probably be mullins the next thing brian i want to ask you justin jefferson is firmly back he wasn't even on the injury report so he will play he's missed seven games do you believe that his presence will you know Kickstart everything. This offense has struggled in the past two weeks, a lot of turnovers. Do you think that Jefferson can be the elixir?
1: I do. I think it'll give um, like a boost of energy to the guys around him. Um happy to have him back. They know he's a playmaker, and um, it just gives everybody a little more confidence, especially on the offensive side.
2: Katie, the Jefferson is kind of a bell cow wide receiver for these Vikings and just in general. And the last two losses have been tabulated by three points in general. So I keep thinking to myself when I try to figure this whole thing out, like I'm pretty, pretty sure Jefferson could account for three points and perhaps they would have won if they had them. But that doesn't matter now. They're six and six. Do you believe, ma'am, that Jefferson is the, the just the magic that's going to start a win streak all over again?
3: I mean, I definitely think he could. A player of his caliber is going to elevate any team. Um, and especially, you know, when you look at a, a spread of three points there. Um, but at the end of the day, we've seen this season, the offense collapse with Justin Jefferson. We've seen him succeed without it. So I think if it does, it's going to be more of a mental thing with them. And, and I hope that's the case. And that it comes in and it gets everybody going and has everybody playing on point. Um, because certainly that's another it's a huge piece on our offense and another uh, option for probably the primary option for Dobbs. So I don't, I don't know is my answer. I don't know if it's really going to make much of the difference. Cause we're capable of falling flat on our faces either way, <laughs> but I hope so. I hope it's what we need.
2: Last week, Ron, you and I talked um, in an exchange about how it seems like guys like Dobbs, Certainly guys like Bridgewater, maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo struggle or struggle to throw outside the numbers. Uh, They're just not sideline surgeons. And now we're bringing the best receiver back, uh, best receiver in football back, who does a lot of his damage on the outside, because that's what great wide receivers do. Have you developed a faith over the last week that Dobbs can fix this and it can be a play calling thing? Or is this uh, that's just not part of his bag? And uh, do you think Jefferson will be kind of a kickstarter?
0: I mean, I like to think yes, because you're getting arguably the best non-quarterback in the NFL back to your team. So that in itself is going to help. Whether or not that means Jefferson is going to go out and have, you know, a dozen catches for 100 yards might not be the case. But now it shifts everyone else on the team. You know, Addison's now no longer the number one outside guy. They can move him around a little bit more. K.J. Osborne, um, like all these guys, they're going to see different coverages because of what 18 – is, is giving you. So I think that is going to help plus the bye week Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, um, a lot to be said with O'Connell and, you know, being able to hopefully work with Dobbs just more intimately one-on-one and get him ready for, Hey, we know you're not Kirk. We're not going to be doing a five to seven step drops and balls out. It's okay. We're going to try to design some things, um, you know, get into that backyard, backyard football mold. And again, when you have the best wide receiver in football coming back um, you find ways to, if it's getting him in the middle of the field, um, because that's where Dobbs is comfortable throwing the ball, you do that. So, um, you know, I, again, whether or not it's going to work, that's to be determined at Katie's point, you know, it's they can very well shift the bed, but I mean, I like our chances, obviously, with Jefferson out there, um, with whoever's throwing in the ball, than uh, um, not.
2: Bryant, on a bye week, players come back rested, of course, but is there ever any rust coming off a of bye week?
1: There, there can be a little bit. That's why I said sometimes coming off a of bye week, um, teams can start slow, like the first half, and then mm-hmm. kind of get back to the swing of things. Um, just when you have a bye week, you can't get in that relaxed state of mind like you're not, like, it's not the off season yet, but some people can fall into that because you're so used to every day having to get up and be, you know, in the facility for, like, a certain amount of hours that you can get, like, love to sleep a little bit. And so mm-hmm. it, it may be, like, a little, like, slow start, but it'll pick it'll pick back up.
2: Okay. Uh, one thing I enjoyed about Kevin O'Connell's press conference that lasts about 10, 15 minutes was... He didn't he, he spent just as much time talking about Dobbs' approach versus Kevin O'Connell personally? Uh he like we we were used to a coach for you know 2014 to 2021, who a lot of us loved that really didn't get into the here's what I'm gonna do better, or it was basically uh the players need to do this, here's what I'm gonna do on defense, you guys figure out the rest. So I enjoy that Kevin O'Connell uh claims that he did a self-scout. Uh, because the play calling at the Bears, you probably could have gotten away with that with the pocket passer and Kirk Cousins, maybe even Nick Mullins. Uh, but to let Dobbs just sit back and try to cook in the pocket really isn't his game. It's, it's what we joke about or laugh about the Bears adjusting the fields at times. They try to convert him to a pocket passer. And then they die. The, uh, That's what Dobbs did against the Bears. I mean, Dobbs can be decent in the pocket. Uh, it's just didn't really work against the Bears. But now we are on to the Raiders, who are 5-7, and have a a new-ish head coach in Antonio Pierce. They have a a decent stable of playmakers, Josh Jacobs, DeMonte Adams, Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer, a rookie late-round quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, who's just pretty much meh as a rookie, probably how Jaron Hall would look if he tossed him out there. What's your concern, Katie, your biggest concern about Raiders-Vikings 3 p.m. Central on Sunday?
3: too generic just the vikings
2: <laughs> the
3: football team which team is gonna show up yeah that, that one's
2: you no that that's actually a great point it is a little generic just to say the minnesota vikings but we get i mean that's saying. my
3: yeah that's my concern i think the raiders are a beatable team they do have um players that should give any team concern that you just named but i think we are capable of beating that team i don't know if we will so it's what team shows up. I I think it was probably a benefit going into the buy or having the buy after that terrible loss, because I don't think anybody probably took it too lightly or took it for granted, and hopefully spent the bye week really focusing up and studying errors and the whole nine yards. But that's my biggest concern: is what team shows up in Vegas.
2: I've had that throughout this bye week because we didn't know who the quarterback would be. And because of the highs we had in the first half of the Saints game or the Atlanta game, the whole thing, it felt like these guys figured it out. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is now a quarterback whisperer. They almost look like the 49ers, the way the offense is humming. And then it all came back down to earth that the Broncos game wasn't as bad as the Bears game, but it got pretty anemic in the second half. And so I'm right there with you. I've had generalized cluelessness about what to expect in week 14 because a who the quarterback is going to be, and then yeah, which squad are you getting? Are you getting the one that's going to have three to five fumbles, or are they going to play a clean game and get back on track? Because we've already seen a team capable of an 0-3 start, and then in the middle of the season a 5-0 win streak against NFC teams without the best player. Like it's it's it's, it's there's a dichotomy here, and we just hope for the the win streak version of the Vikings. Ron, your concern about Raiders Vikings heading into week 14. I mean,
0: <clears throat> for me the biggest thing is just <clears throat> I mean, it's it obviously comes down to the offense. And are we going to be able to run the ball? Are we going to be able to have a balanced passing attack? And then are we not going to turn the ball over? Um I heard a stat something like 18% of our drives or something this year have ended in a turnover. And that there has to be some positive regression that comes in at some point. So you hope that, you know, this is a game where you can at least play a clean game uh, because you take the turnovers away, you know, not even all the turnovers, just one a game and every game is, is different. So um, I would hope that they're preaching ball security. Um, so you know the Raiders I feel like I I know they've been playing better um but it's not like it's a difficult place to play I mean because with with it being in Vegas it's uh a lot of away team a lot of away fans go to games so um it's not a daunting task in that regard it's going to be climate controlled obviously that'll be fine um and then it's aiden o'connell on the other side so now he could very well be a good quarterback down the road but i'd like to think that brian flores as long as it's not the last two minutes of the bears game brian (laughs) flores um calling the game i'd like to think that we have an advantage on that side um but you know can the vikings will vikings
2: I hope that in addition to Kevin O'Connell doing his personal evaluation, I hope Brian Flores did in the miniature version. Uh, because just like the Vikings were criticized, rightfully so, against the Broncos and Bears for not being aggressive on the final offensive drive, uh, Flores in the gang, they didn't do their usual MO on defense. They just kind of said, Well, you know, we'll make them beat us. We're not we're gonna stop what we usually do. And so both main coaches on each faction of the ball. Uh, reverted to ways that we're not accustomed to. So, hopefully, they both realize that at least in this day and age, uh, aggression is the way to go because they've been burned in the last two weeks. Both sides, uh, the Courtland Sutton touchdown when the Broncos just marched, and, and certainly against the Bears. So, I hope that both coaches are gonna, you know, choose violence when it comes to the final drive of the game. Uh, on this Las Vegas theme, Brian, tell us, tell us what you did this week or this weekend. Well, I will
1: say I made it out just in time. My (laughs) flight was the last flight out. There was like an active shooter at UNLV. So like no flights, um, after ours apparently, uh, went out. So we got out just in time. Um, but this weekend, well, this week, I, um, was able to attend the, uh, National Football Foundation's college football hall of fame wow (laughs) and i had some great guys in my class um troy vincent um tim tebow reggie bush dwight Freeney, like all those guys so it was a great class even um gallagher um it was offensive lineman from iowa yeah robert gallery um, oh, yeah, it, yeah! it was a great, it was a great class of guys. Um, and I was happy to be a part of it and just, I don't know, I just never thought that far ahead of, but well, there's only 1,074 people in it. So like it's not like something that you, i never really heard anybody talk about it. So, you know, when they were saying like our class makes it now 1,074 members, um, of players and coaches, I'm like, well, she's not that many people. Cause it's the 65th anniversary. So it hasn't really been that many people selected.
2: No, not at all.
1: How How does if you that think about all the colleges like- and you know all the different colleges yeah. and all the players that's come through college, and there's only one thousand and seventy four people in it. That's
0: what, like, where my question is. Like, obviously, you've won at every level you played at. Obviously, mm-hmm. with your college career, the Super Bowl. You know, for, unfortunately couldn't happen here but uh um where does this rank in terms of your kind of career accolades because this is the most individual thing that you can get and I'm sure selfishly we're all human where that's got to feel good because it's not just a and no one else is involved in that process this it, is all does, you and your it does artwork. feel
1: good um and you know like because we had to do a press day yesterday as well and they were like and so everybody had to answer two questions and uh, one of my questions was about like finishing in the top 10 and I'm the last off of the line who finished in the top 10 for a Heisman voting. And I was like, I don't know that when they told me back then, I was kind of like, what? I, I was kind of confused. Like how, what? Top 10? Like, I don't have any stats. So that's what I was saying yeah. like, for somebody who doesn't have stats. <laughs> people still use their first place vote on me. I, yeah, you know, I really appreciate that because, you know, we really don't have any stats, but um, yeah, I mean, this kind of ranks up there. You, it gives you chance to really reflect. I think I was so in the moment playing that, I wasn't thinking about it, um, but now you get a chance to look back and reflect and and then see how, how people viewed you when you were playing. And then um, I just realized, like, OK, I guess I was better than I thought.
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember as a, a kid and a teenager, when I really started to fall in love with the numbers of baseball, football and basketball uh, with offensive linemen, I never knew how to know if a guy was good. Uh, right. Because in baseball, you can be like, oh, Tony Gwynn hit three twenty-seven in 1988. Well, that means he's a baller. Uh, but with guys mm-hmm. like you, it was like, well, he's he's huge. I think he's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I remember. Now we have pro football focus, and that does a decent job. Uh, but yeah, stats. <laughs> yeah, it has got a yeah,
1: great out Like, we, you know, like, even that division, every and everything, um, we got graded by coaches. But now I see, like, they actually grade you out now. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they do that for every position, and it's uh, it's a lifesaver for offensive linemen uh because that's really the only position that has zero stats. Uh, punters have net average, kick returners also have that. Of course, defensive players have tackles, sacks, <clears throat> and offensive linemen. You can and
0: all that. the stats really are negative. It's pressures allowed <laughs> or sacks allowed. Like like they don't they don't really the time really they zoom in on your you make-
1: they zoom in on you if you jump offside or use the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, penalties
0: is another one. Like that's another that's one it. of the, yeah. he's got 14 penalties on him this year. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Ron, because especially when the Vikings had a, a not good offensive line in the Zimmer era. You try to go like tell the audience like well here's why Dakota Dodgers isn't very good and you had to go find the bad stuff that he did rather than uplift any of the good because there's no such thing as a you know a good offensive line stat at least outside of pro football focus so and it's such a oddity in sports cuz every single basketball player has stats every single baseball player has stats <laughs> it's like this mm-hmm. one little niche group that it's like well I think he does pretty good because my eye test says he does right all right, let's talk. Uh, we think Donald Penn's going to join us. We only got a few I minutes. I'm just taking some now just to make sure. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably end up getting his take on this game and his prediction. That's about all we'll have time for. But until he gets on, I want to start with you, Katie. One more thing about the matchup before Donald comes on. Uh, what's the biggest change you expect to see from the Vikings out of the bye week?
3: Um, I expect to see the play calls be more favorable towards Dobbs than they were uh, in the last game. I think that was probably the key mistake.
2: Ron, what do you think? Um, whether it's good or bad, <clears throat> the biggest change that we'll see.
0: <clears throat> I mean, I'll, you know, that's what Katie said. <clears throat> that's part of it, but I'll go the other side. And I think I want. I think the defense is going to set the tone um, early and often. I think it's going to be um, they're going to give the offense a chance to kind of slowly work on things in a live game situation. I think the defense is going to go out there and show a you know mid round rookie quarterback what life in the NFL is really like. Um, you know, I think Devontae Adams is still, you know, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs is still Josh Jacobs, but um, you know, they're limiting the playmaking on the outside will be will be key and uh and so I trust Flores in that. For the first fifty eight minutes at least.
2: One thing I enjoy about the Flores defense, Ron, is You can trust it now. Um, You know, there's a large body of evidence starting pretty much after the Chargers game is when it started to get good because they had the Panthers. They sort of hold serve against the Chiefs and have been really good since the the Chiefs game. I don't know if you guys remember, but the first half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all the way back in week one, I remember watching that defense and it felt so good and different. I remember texting some of my friends saying like, God, if this is the way the defense is going to play, man, we're going to go deep into the postseason. And then they, in the second half, they got dink and dunked to death. And I I started to realize, you know, after that game and the subsequent two games, like, all right, well, maybe I just got really excited about some decent defense. But over the past two months, it has returned to what they looked like in that first half against the Bucs. So it'll always be criminal that Kirk Cousins isn't here to coincide with this defense because this is what we've been asking for. Uh, The Cousins really hasn't experienced the defense that does all of this stuff, certainly since 2018 and arguably since 2019. So, but, you know, to Katie's point about the Vikings, this is how it works. Uh, so yes. As soon as your defense gets good, the offensive line is pretty damn spiffy. Then the quarterback is hurt. Uh, before we think Donald joins, I'm going to ask you guys about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Katie, the, the Packers have won four out of five. And their schedule is a, uh, a cakewalk that would be hard to script it any easier. <clears throat> they have the Giants. The Panthers, the Bucks, the Vikings, and then the Bears. So, do you foresee that team, who is also six and six, reaching the postseason?
3: I mean, I think they have the ability. Um, they look better than what I'd like them to the last few games, <laughs> um, but you know, they maybe it's an NFC North thing. I don't know. They're as capable of losing any game too as anybody else. So they they've got some bad games in them. Left still, and you know, I hope that they're a little embarrassing for him frankly, but yeah, so i I think that they have a chance and as good a chance as you know, to be fair, as good a chance as we do,
2: yeah they they certainly they probably have a better chance than the Vikings do uh only because of the schedule. Uh, I don't know how they they they've fired this up, but outside of the Vikings game at u s bank they've they have all in fact it'll be embarrassing if the packers don't make the playoffs based on this schedule. Uh, Ron, are we missing something is guarantee is are the Vikings, uh, excuse me, the Packers a uh, guarantee to be in the postseason? Um,
0: I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, um, they obviously have the inside track as the Vikings do, but, uh, I mean, it's what's more accurate, their first, you know, eight games of the year, the last four. Um, Now, again, they're looking a lot better than I would have thought they they would have, and they're going to get some pieces back on defense. I know Alexander um, is coming back, um, and while I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is, um, he's still a very good corner. Um, So that's going to help. But, you know, again, it's – you know looking at the bright side they at least have their starting quarterback we are battling with our fourth option coming into the year so um those packer fans that want to you know run their mouth um like let's pump the brakes a little bit because it would look a lot different if kirk was still under center
2: uh donald i believe you're in the house are you sir uh what's up can you hear me yeah we can hear you just fine how you doing my man
4: i'm good i'm good how y'all doing
2: not bad. Uh, sorry we were rambling on about the Packers there. We waiting for you to join. Uh, I want to ask you out of the gate here uh, <clears throat> with the Raiders. They welcomed Antonio Pierce recently um, after parting ways with Josh McDaniels. How have you enjoyed the team since that move? Oh, I think it's a great move. I, uh, since I was a
4: kid. He grew up in Compton. I grew up in Inglewood. Oh, so okay. uh, bringing somebody in that... Grew up a Raider fan, knows the Raider, Raider, um, knows Raider Nation from like back in the day when we had that grit and grind and nastiness and to bring some of that toughness back because you know what I was hearing with Josh McDaniels was like, it was that New England, New England drill sergeant feel. And guys, guys these days, they don't want to feel like they're in college when they're in the league. They want to be treated like grown men. I feel like that's something that uh, Antonio Pierce is gonna to bring to them and still get the work out of them.
0: Okay, well, Donald, <coughs> excuse me. Thanks for joining us. Um, so I know the, the the Raiders were, you know, kind of not your longest stretches with the Buccaneers, um, and the, but obviously your ties to the Raiders and your history of being a Los Angeles kid, uh, being a Raiders fan. Uh, but what I want to w- ask is uh, when you came into the league. With the Vikings uh, back in 2006, obviously, as an undrafted guy, you have this man who is in front of you. Like, how was that as a competition? I guess it's hard to say it's competition because you know, you don't become a college football hall of famer, um, with, without having that level of ability, but how was it, how did that help you advance your career in kind of seeing how he, um, went day to day and then allowed you to, you know, play 10 plus years in the NFL as an undrafted guy, which is, you know, pretty unheard of these days.
4: I mean, uh, Brian McKinney was, he was a big part of, uh, me and my success because being a young guy coming in, I didn't know how to be a pro. I didn't know how to be a professional. And, you know, following, you know, I tell people all the time, they say being a follower is not good. But in that instance, being a follower and following his lead, when he goes to lift, I go lift. If he does extra, I do extra. If he's doing stuff, take care of his body. I started doing stuff. Um, The same thing. You know, I was following him. And Brian, uh, he'll, he'll attest to this. Brian used to get so mad at me because I used to ask a million questions. I came <laughs> off the field.
1: It's like, Donald, let me
4: catch my breath. so many questions. <laughs> he used to be like, I to get mad at me, but I was trying to be a sponge. I was trying to soak everything up. <laughs> uh, I remember one time, my first preseason game, my first series when I got off the field, Brian would come sit by me and th- start asking me a thousand questions about the series. <laughs> <laughs> <get> me back. <laughs> my feels <laughs> he's like now you see how i feel some
0: well hey you you can say one thing that brian i don't think has ever been able to say at the nfl level you have caught multiple pet receiving touchdowns so um i think that's the one thing that uh <laughs> that eluded bryant in his career but uh <laughs> um <laughs>
4: I don't think they're going to be able to high Brian as he said. I was able to hide. <laughs> yeah, but you just throw it up to him. Who's going to Who's going to go up there with them?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs>
2: you're right. Donald, what's your overall? Presuming I assume you're going to watch Vikings Raiders this Sunday. What's your overall feeling heading into that game?
4: Now this is one of those good games that it's like the Raiders need to handle business with the way the Vikings are coming in, but it's one of those scary catch games. You know, scary catch game where you're supposed to win, but the Vikings are coming off a uh, bye week, and you know they're hungry. and They're coming off a, a a tough loss, and you know the Raiders are are coming off tough losses too, and they're both hungry. So I think it's gonna be a, a real good game, and whoever makes the least mistakes, I think is um, going to win this game. But you know, one thing I want to see from the Raiders, I want to see them let uh, Aiden let him lose. Mm-hmm. But he's they're, they're too conservative with him. He started enough games so far now. To where they can start letting him loose, they can let him have the whole full offense. I, f- I feel like they're still restricting him. Um, it's time to see what he can do.
2: What about on the Vikings side? Uh, I'm guessing you've watched a little bit of Josh Dobbs in the past month. Uh, he started off like an astronaut and you know, out of nowhere one helped win two games for the Vikings, and then he came back to Earth and looked pretty naughty against the Bears. Do you think he's he's been named the starter? Do you think that it's more likely that he's kind of this turnover prone? um ball of wax or do you think he'll get back to that you know stratospheric way that he played the first two games i
4: mean me growing up a raider fan i hope he's a turnover guy this weekend (laughs) but uh, i'm just (laughs) just playing but uh yeah he's been having a up and down um year since he got with the vikings but i mean his story is amazing um listening to the story is is, is great it's an amazing story but uh, i think after having a Long bye week, getting some stuff uh, fixed and getting more familiar with the offense and with his guys. I think we're going to see better results uh, this weekend. I hope not too good so the Raiders come out victorious, but I think, I think he's definitely going to uh, play a lot better this week. I think that this bye week is going to be was very crucial. It's going to help him a lot.
2: I hear you. All right, let's go around the horn here in the last couple minutes. Uh Katie, this game should probably be low scoring in the last 6 weeks or so. Uh both the Raiders and the Vikings surprisingly have a top 5 defense according to uh EPA per play, the efficiency defensive metric. Uh what do you think for a prediction and a score, Katie?
3: Um, 24-21. And I don't know who's on top. Are <laughs> you
2: going to pick a winner?
3: to somebody 24-21? No. 24-21. It'll come within three points. We'll see if Justin Jefferson made that three-point difference or not.
2: <laughs> All right. So, Katie keeps it in the middle. Uh, let's see. Ron, do you have the Vikings or the Raiders? And by what score? Do you
0: have the Vikings? Um, I think the inclusion of Jefferson to this, this offense will be a big factor. Maybe not necessarily on the scoreboard, but just – throughout the game. Um, I have it being a low scoring affair. I have, uh, you know, 21 to 16, um, just either miss extra point or something. Uh, but I have, uh, I have the Vikings winning.
2: Ryan, you're going to represent us well here. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: go 20,
1: 27, <laughs> um, Vikings. Um, I do think that the impact, um, of Jefferson may change the, you know, how teams game plan against the Vikings. Um, and, uh, He's been going for a minute, so I feel like he'll step in. He's a little more, probably a little more fresh to come in and make some plays.
2: Yeah, we haven't seen Jefferson since uh, early or early to mid October. It's been seven games. Vikings finished five and two. I also believe it'll be really low scoring. I have 17, 13 Vikings, and I saved the last for you, Donald, because I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but put a score to it as well.
4: Man, I hope Jefferson comes back because he's my fantasy. I, I need this little <laughs> 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 killing me, so I hope he comes back and does enough but doesn't uh, beat us my oldest son's in the car he wants to give you the uh
2: oh let's hear the, it uh,
4: hell yeah the pre- <laughs>
0: Donald. well uh going to this game jay jettis hasn't been back for like about five four weeks
2: mm-hmm.
0: so i think we're i think the raiders are going to take this one 17 to about 13 like thirteen. I think they're gonna they're gonna kick three. I don't think Josh Jobs is like that great of qu- I think he's that he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he could produce against this raiders defense, especially with the growing threat of Max Crosby back from his little injury. I think he's gonna come
4: back in back and ready for this game. My bad I, I didn't know he was gonna give a whole analyst
2: <laughs> I was already saying I really liked his voice. So oh uh, yeah you, I'm sure he I'm sure he enjoys football playing it, but uh he might have a career in radio too. <laughs>
4: Right, that's, that's his backup plans. So that's his backup
2: plans. So I love it. Oh yeah, he can do both. <laughs> there you go. All right, yes. Donald, we appreciate it, you joining us. Uh, you, looks but, like uh, before we let go, yeah.
0: before we let you go, Donald, I do got one question, and this gets down to um, you know, one of your. Um, matchups here I believe it was at the dome or maybe it, but with the Vikings the altercation that you had with Jared Allen I'm sure that you that's where you can get where I'm going to We're, we had Jared Allen on the on the podcast a couple years ago and he took us through kind of his side of it what do you recall about that uh about that little uh I mean you're offensive lineman you guys are battling all day so I get it um but what do you recall from that little uh scuffle that you had with him
4: I Would love to hear his side of the story, but uh I mean it was yeah, me, me and Jared Allen. We were I we had that brewing because it wasn't really Jared Allen's fault to get the brewing, but I played against the Vikings in Tampa after they released me a couple of years ago and I was starting. And we played pretty good against Tampa. We played pretty good against, good against those guys and beat them. And I had a real good game against uh Jared Allen. And then towards the end of the game, Jared Allen started chirping. I remember one thing Jared Allen told me he said, he said Don't talk to me until you make it across the water. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? So I remember after the game, I, I told, I told Derrick Brooks what he said. And Brooks was like, oh, he means don't say a word to him until you make a Pro Bowl, young fella. So uh, later on when I played him that year, I made a Pro Bowl. So I told him early in that game, like, hey, I made it over the water. You feel me? Like,
2: and that's all we got for Believe in Vikings. You heard the predictions. We shall see uh, who's right, Donald Penn or the panel. Uh, or Katie, who seemed to hint that somebody would win by three points. We'll be back next week. We'll, win, or, well, we'll be back in two weeks. We have next week off. Two weeks to talk about, at that time, will be Vikings heading into Vikings-Lions uh, right, right next to Christmas. Well, we got. skull, baby.